You're listening to Kenny Soto's Digital Marketing Podcast, your number one resource for career and professional development, personal branding tips and tricks, and content strategy for digital marketers and business owners. If you enjoy listening to this episode, please support this podcast by sharing it amongst your friends, coworkers, clients, and your network. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kenny Soto's Digital Marketing Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, but before we begin our new episode, I just wanted to give a shout out to our new listeners from Macedonia, Italy, Australia, India, and Hungary. We also have listeners from Canada and the Philippines. And the great, great news is we are now on more platforms. So if you're listening to this and you're looking for another application to listen other than Anchor, Apple, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, we are also on CastBox now and Overcast. So if you use any of those platforms, feel free to subscribe there to get updates on the podcast. As of today, we have 136 plays. We have more than 24 listeners, and the podcast is growing. Thank you so much. It's only been a month, and things are going well. And with that being said, I want to introduce everyone to Kandakar. Kandakar is a purpose-driven leader who's passionate about the future of work and building meaningful connections through empathetic and compassionate action. Kandakar is the co-founder of Kids IV Tutors, an educational organization on a mission to teach the future of work by connecting passion, mentorship, and in-demand 21st century skills free of charge in schools. Through his work, Kandakar has served over 2,000 students. Let me say that again, 2,000 students. Currently, Kandakar is a project manager at Accenture. Welcome, Kandakar. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the for the um, great um, bio. Um, really appreciate that, and and I'm really excited to be part of this. Like you know, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm like excited. I'm I'm ready to get down to details, get my hands dirty. Like you know, talk to you about like everything um, that's happening and all those kind of stuff. I'm really excited. Thank you, Kenny. Perfect. And Kandakar, before we dive deep, I just want to make sure that I get your last name right. Your last name is Ahmed, right? Yep. Perfect. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I did that correctly. Now, Kandakar, before we jump into the nitty gritty details of what you know about marketing, let's first talk about how we met. (laughs) Good stories. Good stories. Yeah, for sure. Um, the I think the way we met it, it was a really uh, it was like a true networking um, scenario right yep. I, like I, I would say like so I I met Kenny so we went to the same school and and he actually graduated when I when I reached out to him about like just wanted to connect with him learn about his his the work that he was doing because he was one of the person that was actually following his passion and was really interested in like you know, like the digital marketing. And that's something I wanted to get into. So I, I reached out to um, Kenny and was like, hey, bro, can I, like, I, w- I love the work that you're doing and I want to connect with you. Can we set up like a coffee chat or can we meet 
and and just like connect on that and kenny was so amazing be like hey man like let's do it like and in like within a few days we connected um and it was just so amazing like he connected me to the right resources he 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 actually like you know like he was the first person that got me into like marketing and what i'm doing right now and and like had a huge impact on my life for sure and let's not forget to mention that while we were building our relationship work-wise and our friendship we also were working together helping uh, a mutual mentor whose name is yep. Maurice, Maurice Bretzfield. And not only did he teach me digital marketing, but he also decided to take Kandakar under his wing and teach him some of the foundational skills as well. Yep, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful for um, Maurice and, and, and Kenny, like the amount of like learnings that I gained from, from those like, weekends and and like some of the times at score it, it was it was really amazing and like I, I would never forget that and like that that was our start of our relationship kenny and and like from there we like our relationship grew and like we became so close and um i, I I'm, I'm looking forward to see where where we go and how this relationship keep growing i'm actually really glad that you mentioned score because I might have forgotten to mention that this episode. SCORE, as Kandakar has mentioned, is an organization, and I might butcher the name, so if anything, I'll put it in the show notes. It should be the Senior Center of Retired Executives. And what it is, it's a nonprofit organization that has chapters throughout the entire United States, and I think in almost every single state. And what this organization does is it takes in retired executives from companies like Colgate, uh, retired people who used to own their own businesses, people from MTV, et cetera, et cetera. And they help small business owners for free. So if you're a small business owner and you want to learn more about the legalities of setting up a corporation in your state, or you want to start learning more about digital marketing, like what we were involved in, or you want to start selling something wholesale, like a product wholesale, and you want to figure out what are the steps to start doing that in a retail marketplace, there are a ton of resources that SCORE and the chapter in your state will provide you, mainly free consultations with people who have been in the game, have won in their industry, in their prospective industries, and are just willing and happy to help the local community, local business community in their state by providing their expertise for free. Uh, it's free to sign up. There's a chapter again in almost every single state. You just have to check score.org or you can Google score New York or score Connecticut or score Texas and you'll find the link to your specific chapter. And there's also online resources that SCORE provides. It's a very, very big organization. It's the organization where not only I started learning my digital marketing skills, but Kandakar as well. And it's where we learned from our mentor, Maurice, um, the foundational skills that got us to where we are today. With that being said, I want to talk more about what is it that you're doing today, Kandakar, and Let's just start with that. Um, currently, I'm I'm working on um, you know my my startup, which is which is Kids Ivy Tutors. Our, our goal is to 
prepare the youth for the future of work and um, making sure that they're also following their passion. And, and my full-time job, I'm, I'm working at Accenture as, as, as a project manager for the campaign management team. And what, for the person who may not know or may have a, a small understanding and wants to get a, a deeper level, what is campaign management and what does Accenture do overall? Yeah, I mean, Accenture is a, is a consulting company um, uh, around the globe. They serve about 57 countries and have over 500,000 employees to, to consult on strategy, uh, management consulting, um, technology consulting, and then also they help develop some of the biggest technologies by by um, partnering up with some of the biggest tech companies like Google, Microsoft, Facebook. So yeah, they they do like consulting as 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 a as a whole, which is which is really dope. And then uh, as as my team, what campaign management means it's it's basically. It's, it's about starting a campaign. So if you, if you like having a theme that you want to brand throughout the states, throughout the nation and throughout the globe and having, having that objective, creating, creating like a marketing strategy around that objective and then using multi-channel strategy to making sure that objective is being distributed throughout the globe and we are getting clients from that objective we are basically it's it's, it's a sales strategy for us to like um use use this this like multi-channel strategy to connect with people all around the world and what is a multi-channel strategy Yep. So that that's actually a really good question. I, I actually I I actually didn't know until um, Kenny, you, and I, and Maurice worked together. And uh, one of the multi-channel strategy is it's it's basically using different channels such as um, email marketing, um, social media marketing, advertising. So there is different form of advertising, right? You have like the banner advertising, you have event advertising, you have social media advertising. So social media counts as a two form of marketing. One is the organic social and the other one is advertising, social, uh, social advertising. So that's, that's those two difference for social. So like there's like four or five different form of advertising that you have. And then you have internal communication, which is a part of the corporate communication. Then you have client emails marketing. And then, um, then there's few more like um, doing like a, um, event, like, you know, um, event as a marketing and just like combining all of those together, it is a multi-channel, uh, marketing. So that, that's, that's, that's what we are doing. Our team is solely focused on bringing all of these channels together and creating one strategy, one theme, um, to focus on. Great. Thanks for answering that. And I want to follow up with Specifically talking about the challenges that you faced up to this point, working at Accenture mm -hmm. and highlighting what is it that you think, not necessarily someone who will be working at Accenture, but just in any kind of consulting firm where the marketing is involved. What do you think are the challenges that someone 
who may apply and start working at one of those types of companies may encounter in the beginning, what advice would you give to them so that they can prepare themselves properly for an opportunity working at an Accenture or a similar company? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges, I mean, right now, you know, like remote learning, which remote work will be like a biggest thing right and and like you need to be prepared for for that as as a person and in general like being in a company like accenture you you have to be really 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 like um determined and like you have to be quick about like this is something that i need to get done and how can i get done and also being honest with your um like team be like and asking them questions like you know um that's something i struggled with when i started was that like i didn't i probably like understood oh i'll be able to get it done like you know but i didn't ask those follow-up questions that i should have done so that's kind of mm-hmm. like threw me back so what happened then i had to go back to my managers then i had to ask those questions again which was like a time consuming when i could have done that during um the time when I got the project right yeah. so like having those follow-up questions is really 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 important and just like making sure that you're on you understand what's what what they want from you and making sure that you don't have to go back and forth wasting your time and also your manager time all the project lead time Ken Lakar, did you start off as a project manager or did you work your way up internally so um, it, I started as a project manager, um, and uh, basically it, it's 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 they they it's a really new team, and they I I, I did an internship with Accenture. I was part of a different team, and they kind of like brought me into this team to um, like you know based on my resume, and um, they thought I was a good fit for for a project manager as experienced um, entrepreneur and all those kind of stuff. So that that has been really helpful um because as a, as an entrepreneur you're basically managing everything so that really helped to manage like some of these campaigns timeline and project line so that that's how i kind of became like a project manager and with that being said i noticed that for just from my own experience as a new manager working remotely that one of the many challenges that my team faces, and I think your team might face this as well, and this is something we can talk about, is task management and delegation. So my question for you, and I can hear the laughter already, my question for you is, what is your approach to making a balance between doing tasks yourself and delegating them? And this this is a question I'm asking because I know that there may be, if not right now, in the future, certain people who are managing teams that might need to know more, especially if they're new as managers. So what do you do as far as delegation and doing your own tasks? How do you approach that? Yeah, that's actually, that's actually like, it's, it's an ongoing process, right? It's, it's, it's something that you always need to work on because like everything changes, like your team dynamic changes, like the way you work changes. and that's actually something that I believe like you need to work on day to day basis. And one of the main way, like I tried to work on it, it's just having 
having like a weekly conversation with my team and just making sure that everybody is on the same page and everybody has their own um, like jobs to do, right? And like big, making, making sure that delegation happens. And then we have a project plan, right? That we build and with, with that, within that project plan, we, we make sure like, what are our action items? What are the due dates? And w- which, who are, who are assigned to those action items, right? That's really helpful. And we have a weekly calls for like for that project plan to making sure everything is getting done. And then also we use, um, so um, I don't know if you know about Microsoft team, which is something similar um, to Slack, right? But it, it's, it's like a more, more advanced tool. Um, so they have like um, integration like Trello, and all this kind of stuff, we use some of those to making sure like we we have like the right way of task, like who needs to do what and when it's when something needs to get done. And like having those understanding is really helpful. And putting it down on the paper, that that that's the best way to do it. Just like having that visual that I need to get this done. This person needs to get this done and my other person needs to get that, that done. So having that understanding is really helpful and just having that visual is, is, is definitely really, really good. Now, is Microsoft Teams um, the only tool that you've used, not only in Accenture, but just in general, or do you find that there are other alternatives, alternative uh, task management tools that, that come to mind if someone might want, want to be looking for some some solution for their own team? Yeah, I mean, um, so you have like monday.com, which is, which is a f- really good task management tool. And then you have Trello, which is, which is a free tool for, for you to um, use. And then um, you have um, Asana, which is another great platform. There's, there's a lot of good platforms that are out there. I would recommend just like, in terms of like based on your what's your budget is like doing those research because some of them are expensive and there's also others that are free as well um one of some of the free ones that i can i can tell you right now it's i think it's called hey space um then you have um slack which is like a um another platform for communicating with your team and then you have trello um what else let me just I think um, Infolio is another one, and there's another one which is which I really like based on their user face and everything. It's called Todoist, T-O-D-O-I-S-T, which is a really good one. Um, and then another one is called Airtable. So some of those I, I used, I love I use I love Trello. That's something I use for for my startup and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of resources. One of the best way you could do it is like just search up on Google, be like free um, task management software. There, there's going to be like a bunch of them. Yeah, I've used in the past Trello. I definitely think that if you don't have a budget and you're trying to set up a system, and when I say system, I don't mean set up a system that's tied to a specific tool. I mean a system that's set up in the scope of a process, right? Because all of these tools to some degree work on an equal platform. And then it's the add-ons and the extra features and more important, the customer service that the tool, the tool's company provides. 
that's what really yes. differentiates them. That's why there are so many, and that's why it's such a competitive field. Because at the end of the day, when you look at the user interface, the only difference for the most part are like the colors and the logos, right? Mm -hmm. But it's mm -hmm. really, it's really the customer service that the company provides is something you really need to consider, if, especially if you're the decision maker for paying for the tool. So I've used Trello, I've used Asana, I've used Slack, I've used Airtable. One other tool that I recommend people look into is ClickUp. I just started using this at the company that I'm working at. Mm -hmm. And it's a combination of Slack and Trello, but one of the cool parts about it, and this is like going deep in, in the woods with when it comes to project management, is you can do Gantt charts, you can do calendars, you can do lists, but you can also do mind maps. And again, all these fancy task management concepts, the way that you can map out the long-term and short-term goals, all of these tools can do that for you. What you're paying for, if you're going to go for premium option, is really customer support from the company, making sure that your team is on the same page. But for the most part, any of the tools that we just mentioned, which I will include in the show notes, will get the job done. It's not the tool itself that's really gonna secure the, the execution of a task. It's more so, how do you use that tool? How are you going to be flexible in implementing tasks within that tool? And are you gonna take the time to make sure your team is trained in that tool? That's really what yeah. it is. And the last part is, main, is very important too because, for example, there are a ton of YouTube tutorials on Trello specifically. Right. Yes. But with that being said, everyone uses Trello differently. So you have to really think about what am I using Trello or whatever tool that you're going to buy? What, are, what am I using it for? Right. Am I using it to get a general understanding of what to do each week, each day? Am I using it to mainly follow up with client emails? Because I see people that they only use it for just follow ups. It's just a list that says this is what we're following up with. Here are all the people who are involved, add your inputs, and then we'll use it to respond collectively as one unit and everyone's on the same page. So some people don't even use it for tasks. They just use it for yep. emails. Yep. So it's, it's really important to understand how you're going to use the tool and know that every single team uses it differently. Do you agree with that, Kanakar? Yes. Yes, definitely. I definitely um, totally agree with that. It's, it's still like gives you so much variety that everybody has like different needs from it. So um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And you started off as a project manager at Accenture and you mentioned earlier that what helped was you had an internship and they saw your entrepreneurial spirit, your, your experience as an entrepreneur. So I wanted to segue into your startup and what, what, what got you into the world of entrepreneurship? Why did you start Kids Ivy Tutors? And why are you so passionate about the mission in regards to that organization? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it started in, in, in high school, right? Uh, me coming from a low-income community, I wanted to just support my family, right? And that's what, what can I do to support my family? And uh, I thought about like doing tutoring for, for low-income community students and just charging them probably like 10 to $15 an hour and um, trying to make some living off of that. So um, that, that's how kind of like the idea started. And then from there, we like, I kind of like 
got involved with my uh, co-founders, um, two of my friends, and we just like had an idea, why not scale it? Like, you know, and then we started hiring tutors to tutor low-income communities. We partnered up with the schools. And then we thought about, it's such a, education is such a big issue. And like, we, we wanted to learn more about that. And we connected with parents, we connected with um, teachers, we connected with administrators, we connected with the students themselves to understand what they want, what they need, and what's happening for the future. And we realized one of the biggest thing that's um, understanding the future of work and like understanding the 21st century skills, which is needed. Um, so that's when we decided to pivot and focus on teaching our students um, those 21st century skills, such as digital marketing, um, such as storytelling, such as public speaking, um, such as like emotional intelligence, um, coding, and all this kind of stuff. So we and then focusing on mental health as well because it's, it's such a big topic and like a students goes through these issues they don't even realize and just combine combining them those together to build the um basically like a whole child curriculum for them where they they're getting prepared for future of work they're getting prepared for ha living a healthy life and having like a healthy mental health it seems like what your organization is doing and correct me if i'm wrong is creating a holistic package that a person can use to educate themselves outside of the standard curriculum. And this curriculum is mainly focused within uh, public schools, correct? Yes, yes. Um, public school and, and, and we focus mostly on like the, those low-income um, communities because they're the one that doesn't get a lot of the resources that's that's needed and we want to create pathways for them to go to some of the big schools um for college or even if they if they want to just get get a job right after um like high school get an internships at, at some of the biggest companies we, we want to help provide that for them and you mentioned a lot of very essential skills I want to hone in on one of them, which is the whole point of this podcast, which is digital marketing. Do yeah. you believe that digital marketing is a skill that is just for people who work in marketing and advertising and creating content? Or do you think digital marketing and all of the subsets of skills within it is applicable to any and all kinds of jobs? Yeah, I believe digital marketing, it's becoming like a necessary skills for everyone to have. I think it's like, it's like learning in, uh, algebra, like, you know, um, I think digital marketing would be the algebra of like your career, like, you know, um, for schools, you need to know like algebra, like you have, you, you're learning algebra since like sixth, sixth grade and you're using that throughout your life. And I think digital marketing, it's becoming that, like, you know, it's, it's not becoming, it's already that, like anywhere you go, you, you need to know how to brand yourself digitally and you need to know like what's happening in, in the digital marketing platform because everyone like when when like you're recruiting they're looking at your like how you brand yourself like you know 
and that's when it comes down to digital marketing and and you're using these skills everywhere like you know you need to i think it's 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 one of the most essential skills to have um is is learning how how to like you know um the concept of digital marketing yeah and to jump off from that one of the main reasons why i'm personally so passionate about digital marketing is because it's one of those industries where not only is there so much opportunity that is left on the table because the demand for new jobs is always increasing and the supply increases faster, right? So like mm-hmm. every single year, there are more and more empty positions that need to be filled and employers are looking to fill those positions, but there just needs to be a more of a advocacy on digital marketing to get more professionals interested in it across the board, right? And what I love about this industry and this profession is that a lot of us already have like intuitive know-how, intuitive skills in digital marketing because a lot of us use social media, right? Mm -hmm. At the bare minimum, a lot of us use social media and we're promoting our lives, we're documenting, right? We're creating content. A lot of people, right? They're great at creating filters and editing photos. That's a form of creative work that can be developed and get you paid if you do it for other people at scale. A lot of people know how to work with the algorithm on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook to get more reach. If you can do that for a small business owner, they'll pay you $300 a week right, to help them. And that's just thinking on the small scale. If you want to start your own business, right? having those digital marketing skills can set the foundation for you to actually start developing and creating and executing on a dream you may have. At the end of the yeah. day, one of the reasons why I'm so adamant on everyone learning digital marketing, if not for the pure sake of creating a personal brand that helps them get a job is that a lot of our lives are digital at this point. And I don't know if you remember Kandakar, but one of the things that our mutual mentor Maurice told us is that his biggest fear is being irrelevant. Yes. And the job market is competitive. The business market, regardless of what you're selling, whether it's a product or service in any industry is competitive. The world is competitive. And both of us, myself and Kandakar are remote workers, right? but we're not the only remote workers. Remote work is gonna expand. And as it expands, that means that the scale of competition increases, right? You're You're not only going to be competing with someone in your city, in your state, in your country. This is the big news, right? You're gonna start competing with people around the world. Yes, exactly. And and one thing, like the reason I got, like the reason I got the job at at Accenture was because of my personal website. Like they loved it. Like I, the person, like the person that basically uh, looked at my resume, um, she she became like a um, really good mentor for me. And um, one of the things she mentioned, like when I first met her, she was like, "Dude, I love your website. Like that that was so amazing. Like that's one of the reason. Like." you got the interview and like that's why uh, you you you're at Accenture so like you see like having like just me creating like a website like changed so much because like 
it's it's you need to differentiate yourself like you know that like you mentioned like you really really need to differentiate yourself and how do you do that like look at everybody look at your candidate look at your comp- competition and see how can you differentiate yourself and that's how you could um you're going to dominate your career you're going to dominate where you work um, it's just like finding those advantages for yourself. And the things that you mentioned about remote learning, um, I definitely want to dive into that. And it's, I think it's the future of work, like being, being, being remotely um, from anywhere that you get to work from anywhere. Like that's, that's the future. That's how work plays going to be. And that's how we will see like, most of the organizations gonna go it go that direction of being remote yeah i agree personally i work with people like my organization business bravery the one the one i started working with like four yep. months ago they're based in australia so that's in and of itself is crazy i'm working for an australian marketing agency which i never thought i'd be able to say because i don't live in australia right yep. now i'm based in south africa right so I'm in South Africa working for a marketing agency in Australia. I have teammates in Kansas, Missouri, New York, but I also have teammates in Portugal, Germany, and Ireland, and all these other different places. I even have one. We just got a new team member from Romania. So this is, this is obviously the starting point. You're going to see new companies, especially new startups, start adopting this but you're also going to see big brands and big companies do this as well like i have no doubt that in the next five to ten years companies like facebook well facebook's already doing this excuse me companies like uh microsoft um linkedin you name it they're going to be doing more remote hiring and when that comes to mind if you're applying for a job just automatically assume that you are going to be competing with people at the very least in your time zone. So that means that you're not just competing with people in the area where the office is. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in the time zone at the bare minimum. And most likely it's going to be around the world. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like Accenture as an example, I'll give you because I, I know how they did it. Right. And within two weeks since March, like, when when like everything started like increasing uh in in terms of cases right within few weeks they made the 500,000 people go remote like within few weeks can you imagine like um the work the process that went through that if they can do it in within two weeks now imagine how they will like figure out ways to go remote and save money for themselves for next few years. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be like um, one of the things that they look at. And also the talent, it's, it's going to be amazing because they're like talent all over the world is it's like a lot, like, you know, there's so many talent, like you mentioned, it's going to become more competitive. And I wanted to ask you a question based on your experience as, as like a remote worker, what, what's, what was your, your, like, how, how did you handle that? And like, what, what kind of, what were some of the struggles that you've been through? And then like, how can, how did you overcome it? Like, and I, I know you have been 
working remotely for a while now, um, about like, I think about like seven months, right? Um, so how, how are you handling that? So I started my remote career by happenstance. Last year, I was living in China, in Shenzhen, China, and my fiance had went on a quick three, I think it was two to three week vacation to Bali. Mm. And when she came back from Bali and we met up again in Shenzhen, she told me that she wanted to stop teaching because that's what I was doing at the time. I was a teacher for like two to three year old kids, super adorable. But we wanted to change and get back into a more, you know, like tech and professional, not that teachers aren't professional, but like we wanted to change careers. It's not something that we want to do for the rest of our lives. So we wanted to, at the very least, leave education and travel the world, but we needed to make money while doing that. And I'm not a YouTube influencer, so I can't just make travel videos and then get paid by ad, Google AdSense, make ad revenue on the side and then have that pay for my margaritas, you know? So what I had to do is I had to find work. And both of us found remote work out of Japan. So the first remote job that I ever had was working as an English-speaking copywriter for a Japanese website. They needed people who were fluent in English. And we got hired because we also had additional skills in digital marketing, specifically search engine optimization and keyword research. And when they saw that, they were like, wow, only our copy editors have those skills. So you as a copywriter, that helps a lot. And for context, this was just a gig, right? Like we weren't signing a contract. It was by, we were getting paid by article. So it was mainly like, okay, so this is our first time working for an organization where we're not meeting the people in person. Well, let's see how it goes. And within a month, between uh, December 1st and the first week of January, we saw that, hey, we can fund our adventures around the world. Obviously, things changed because of COVID. But what happened was between December and March, right before we went back to South Africa, we were traveling Southeast Asia. We went to Thailand, we went to Indonesia, we went to Malaysia, and we were traveling, having a great time working remotely. And that's when I started realizing this is something that I can be doing indefinitely if I wanted to. So then I started to take it seriously. I signed up for guru.com, uh, freelancer.com, dumbtack.com, upwork.com freeup.com going to all these different platforms trying to find remote work i also went on angelist and linkedin and what i found was although there are again tying back to what we just talked about although there are a lot of remote uh jobs out there it's still hyper competitive yep but that doesn't mean that you can't get the work what it does mean though is that you need to approach applying to these jobs differently it's not the same as if you're applying to a job where they needed the person to be in the office physically, mm -hmm. right? Remote job opportunities are actually harder to get than in-office job opportunities. As Kandakar mentioned, one thing that definitely helps is having a website. So Kandakar has his website. I have my website. It definitely makes a better first impression when the person sees your application because not only are they going to see your list of skills on a resume, 
which all the other candidates have as well. So that's not really going to differentiate you, as Kanakar mentioned. You need to differentiate yourself. But you also have a digital persona outside of Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You have your own entity, your own website in this case, that helps tell the story of who you are as a person and a professional so that the hiring manager has a better sense of what they're going to do when they hire you. Are you going to be an asset to the team or are you going to waste their time? And that's really how I jumped into uh, my, my stint and my current career growth as a remote marketer is just really honing in on my personal brand, making sure that every single thing that is seen when you Google Kenny Soto is something that I decided was there, right? And at the same time, making sure that not only am I qualified for the job, right? That's also very important, but also that I have the digital presence to solidify my position or at least solidify the interview opportunity. Wow. That, that, that was, that, that's really true. Like, you know, um, you just, you just really have to work on your creativity and work on yourself to like really differentiate yourself from everybody else. And, and that's where like, a lot of these skills comes handy, like, you know, having, having, learning about these digital marketing skills. And there are so many out there, like free tools, like Google Academy, right? Um, then you have Facebook Blueprint. Um, all, all this kind of stuff gives you um, so many access to like, you know, get, get, um, and then also you have um, Coursera, you have all over there, like there's so many like, opportunities out there for you to like build the skills and um i think this we are living one of the best um like best year uh, of our life like you know our generations of of like like throughout history like i think this is like the like the best time to live like you know because there are so many opportunities out there yeah, despite what's going on in regards to COVID-19 and yep, all the other yep. mayhem, there are also good things to keep in mind, especially career-wise, right? Like there's more opportunity out there, especially if you live in America. Like that's another thing that a lot of people, especially if you're listening to this right now and you want to get remote work, if you're American, believe it or not, you have a higher chance of getting work from people in China, Japan, South Korea, United Kingdom, Australia. Heck, Germany, you name it, if you're American, they see you automatically on a higher level. And I think it's mainly because of like Silicon Valley and just the, you know, whole American and entrepreneur spirit that comes from our country. It's like, if you're American and you're applying to a position in any other country, they see it as, okay, so this person probably already has the foundational skills tech-wise, right, that yep. we would need for the team. And it's just really trying to figure out, are they the right fit? Are, are they special enough to work with us in whatever yeah. what we're doing? And also, like, if you have a bilingual skills, like, Kenny, oh, yes. you're, you speak Spanish, right? And you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're pretty good, like, at um, uh, Mandarin, right? I, I would say, like, There you go. Um, yeah, so, so like having those skills like you like spanish there's so many spanish countries right yeah and like 
finding opportunities there, it'll be like a lot easier for you because not only do you know perfect English, you know Spanish too. So you could communicate both ways in those countries. And like using those as an advantage is really important. And you're, you went to China, like now China, China is like one of the like biggest hub like in the world, like around technology, around like um, all those kind of stuff, right? So like you could literally use your skills to get a lot of like freelancing jobs down there because they definitely look for English speakers. And one advantage is that you have some sort of Mandarin experience, right? Like, and so you really need to go back to look at yourself, be like, all right, what skills do I have? It's not about just having um, those technical skills or those like soft skills, but also like, looking at language, looking at like the work that you have done and what, what, what are come up some of the like things that you learn, like, you know, um, just looking at those that, that will really help, help you. And, um, and also like translation, like, you know, that's, that's a big thing about campaign management that I would say like that we focus a lot on like, um, campaign management on like how we want to execute our campaigns into different countries. And that's where camp, um, translation comes and we look for translators and that's that right there like freelancer we look at freelancer who can translate this uh point of view for us right you know like that that's that's your opportunities right there so having those um like language skills really help for sure so i think in quarantine was a good time is a good time to like take on that skills be like let's learn some language Perfect. And Kandakar, my last question for you, just to end the podcast on an actionable note, right, is for the listener, what is one thing you would recommend that they do after this podcast if they wanted to learn more about remote work and if it's for them? Yeah, um, I would say first thing is like YouTube is your best bet. Like uh, go on YouTube and just search up on like remote learning about like everything that you need to know about remote learning. And then also connect with people that's been a, that's been um, that's, that's like doing a lot of this stuff. Right. And then also you like, there's so many um, websites that helps you learn a lot of this stuff like Coursera. Then you have edX, which provides free courses from some of the biggest universities in the world, like um, Harvard, um, Stanford, all those kind of stuff. They have amazing courses. I'm actually taking a user um, experience course from edX. Um, I think um, the school was, either i think it's stanford that i'm taking that course from like you know it's it's really dope like you know i'm getting a certificate and all this kind of stuff it's free so like use those resources um it's called edx edx um and then you can search up the university that you want to learn from perfect and if anyone wanted additional resources i did talk about uh, what digital skills you need to know in digital marketing. And that is on, or in, excuse me, episode four of this podcast. Kandakar, if anyone wanted to connect with you online, where should they go so that we can add it in the show notes? Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. Like 
like Kenny. So you could find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, my personal website. I have my emails there as well. Um, so yeah, you just search up my name, Kandakar Ahmed, in any of those platforms. Uh, I should be the first one. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the listener. And we hope that you got some kind of value from this episode. As always, the best way to support this podcast is to share it. So if you know anyone who is interested in digital marketing, getting a remote job, or any of the other things that we just talked about in this episode, please share it with them. Share it with them on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. This is Kenny Soto and Kandakar, and we are signing off. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Please share it, subscribe, and if you have any questions or comments, connect with me at www.kennysoto.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon.